Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. tell you about the tim westwood thing we did no let's let's start off with that (laughs) go on right we ready yeah cool we're in it mate yeah right um yeah there was um an enemy awards um myself and pritch got asked to interview people on the red carpet for mtv uh yeah for mtv I'm not exactly sure. I'm sure it was for MTV. Yeah, it was for MTV. And, yeah, it was great fun. It was it was cool. You're meeting all these rockers, like the, the Gallaghers. You know, it might, might have been short and brief, but it was still, you know, it was it was quite mind-blowing. Yeah, but you're it, sort but, of there. You have about 30 seconds to a minute, don't you? Just oh, pop, Ma- pop. Yeah, Max. It's just like who you're looking forward to see, you know, like, you know, like what act do you, uh, you know, what award do you for this, that, the other? Um so in the distance, we clock Tim Westwood. Westwood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm like, Pritch, look who's there. It's Westwood. So Pritch gets his fucking smart idea then, right? So the, the form surrounding the microphone, he turns it inside out, but puts it back over the microphone, Rubs his dick 
Jeez. <laughs> and then it's got it right up in Westwood's face. And I tell you what, I don't think we'll be invited at any of his shows. Not that I'm down with the trap and all that shit any these days. I'm actually hoping to get Westwood on this podcast, so hopefully you won't hear this. <laughs> well, I think it's a bit late for that. For, first question. Uh, do you remember the MTV Awards? Was it the MTV Awards, yeah? Uh, the Enemy uh, Awards. The Enemy Awards. Yeah, yeah, it was a right cheesy one, that one. <laughs> Uh, cheers, Pancho. Let's let's clink glasses cheers. here. Absolutely, pleasure. It's been a long time coming. It has been a long time coming. I was saying to you a moment ago, you are the most requested guest in the history of life in the stocks. Everybody has been after me for months to get you on the show. I've been after you, and and here we are. It's finally happening. So it is. Stoke. It is finally happening. I'm sorry for for delaying the process, everyone. No, no. When it was meant to happen, it was going to happen, and this yeah, is it. Well, you're down in uh, downtown PT now. I'm in PT. I want to ask you, uh, first of all, about your upbringing. Um, were you born and raised in this kind of area? Are we close? Yes, indeed. To where no, you I was born in came into the world. Yeah, I, I was actually born in Neath, um, which is part of the same council as Patolbert in the uh, 13th of the 3rd, 1979. Um, yeah, I went. 13th to... of March. 13th of My March. My birthday's the 11th. Oh, really? Pisces, Pisces brothers. Pisces. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I was actually 13 on Friday the 13th as well. There you go. Yeah, so that's it. That might say a lot. But um, <laughs> yeah, I went to um, I went to a Catholic school. Um, Did you? Ha- were your parents very religious or was that just the uh, school my, that was no, the catchment my, Well, area? my mum, my, my Susie, she was, she was a Catholic. My dad was an atheist. Um well, there's there's not many atheist schools around, so um, yeah, the best school in the area was uh, St Joseph Comprehensive, which yeah, I went to, I went to um, infants primary and comprehensive, uh, yeah, and school school for me was great, you know, like. Did you get on well in the classroom? Were you a hard worker? Did you uh, mess around? To be honest, yeah, I was. I wouldn't say I was the most academic. Um, I left school with GCSEs, but um, I was always like really into sports. Played rugby, played football to quite a high level. Um, yeah, got got a Welsh under fifteens cap. There you go. Yeah, um, yeah. School for me was yeah, it was a breeze. Um, it was cool, you know. I, you know, it wasn't until I was fifteen that. Um, I stopped growing and everyone else started growing. Um, yeah. So you weren't actually the small kid at school? Um, yeah, I was I was probably like smaller, but definitely not the smallest. And then know? something just stopped. I, I think I had pubes before a lot of the kids there. Yeah. <laughs> I can believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably, yeah, like the, the Neanderthal man. A mustache, man. Yeah. age 14. Oh, like cyborgs, yeah, yeah. Cyborgs and going to the local office at like 14, 15 and managing to purchase enough alcohol to sink a battleship for the rest of the park. And it was a lot easier getting served back then, wasn't it? Oh, Photo def- ID was not required. Well, yeah, that's... Well, my mother worked in the Reprographics in St. Joseph. She was, like, Reprographics librarian. And I managed to laminate, like, a, a dodgy uh, ID, if you like. Yeah, yeah. My friend Josh did the same thing. He had a youth club card. Yes. And he just literally wrote on it in biro, helper in brackets 18 and over. That's pretty and much. And that worked. That's pretty much exactly the same thing <laughs> because it was a youth club card yeah. that I doctored. <laughs> and yeah, going going on further on down the line, I've also doctored uh, 
Do you remember you used to be able to get the yearly passports from the post office? We're going back a little bit, but I do, yeah. Yeah, it is going back a bit. But that, yeah, that'll lead on to another time when that came in handy. Like, very, very handy. <laughs> what, when you need to make a hasty exit? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard some stories about no. you missing quite significant flights as well. <clears throat> to jump forward real quick, the MTV Awards in Miami, which is obviously a huge deal for you guys. You were asked to go over there and present an award. Didn't you miss your flight? I missed I missed a flight from Dublin to Heathrow, and how I, did you miss your flight? Um, probably just like hang, I need to ask. Just just <laughs> hanging out and getting intoxicated the night before, <laughs> and doing what you do in Dublin, and probably embracing Dublin a bit too much. But um, I'm half Irish, so. Yeah, what can I say? You were just getting in touch with your roots. I was going back to my roots. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't make the awards? Yeah, I did make you, the you awards. Yeah, I I ended up flying out a day later than the other boys from Heathrow. MTV had to pay for another flight, reluctantly pay for another flight. Um, and in fact, this was my first ever time to the US. And I've had... Nothing serious, but I've had some incidents with the police. You know, no violence, you know. Misdemeanours. Misdemeanours, you know. Um, the, what, the preventive you from I, you going know, out I, there? I, I, I used to like to smoke salad and stuff. and The yeah, old well, silly lettuce. Well, yes. When I, when, I was, when I was 17, I got caught. When I was 18, I got convicted. So you were charged as an adult, even so though you I was you charged were as an adult, right. yes. And... So I fly out by myself now, and I've got the EBGBs from Dublin, as you can imagine, hot and cold. You know, even at that, you know, I think I was 24, like, flying out there. And the hangovers weren't quite as bad then, but you must have taken it to that next level. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. I think there was a lot more to it than just alcohol, but uh, we won't go there. But, um, yeah, that's... Um, so I'm flying out now, and at that stage in time, you used to be, um, just fill out the green card. So I'm fucking kind of panicking now. And then there's a bit of turbulence and I'm just like, ah, fuck. So I'm like, yes, dude, yes. Can I have another, can I have another green card, please? So she's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. So I finally, I get that one right now, but put it this way. My four-year-old daughter's handwriting could have been better. <laughs> How I managed to fit it in the boxes is a fucking mystery to me. But they let so, you in. Right, yeah. Well, this is, this is what I'm about to say now. So I land in Miami, um, going through, like, first stage of customs, and I'm only there for 36 hours. Uh, I had no, So alarm bells are ringing. I had no mo- mobile phone. Well, I did. I had this big motor roller thing that would, like, that would take, like, two weeks to charge up, so I didn't even bother taking it with me. And... Yeah, so going through the first stage of customs now, and um, he's like, it was a Hispanic chap, and he was saying, why are you only here for 36 hours, sir? And I said, look, I'm here to present an award of the Latin, you know, MTV Awards. And so then he turns around, and he's like, why are you sweating so much, sir? <laughs> I said, when I, got on, when I got on the plane in Dublin, it was like minus two, Bearing in mind, it's February time now. I was like, it's my first time in the States. I land in Miami. It's 30 plus degrees and God knows what humidity. Not far off 100, I'm assuming. Because it was, you know, 
I looked, I looked like I was melting, <laughs> right? So, I, so he asked me the same run of questions again. I tell him the same answers. He's like, sir, you're going to have to go to secondary immigration now. I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. There's going to be a plastic fucking glove coming out. And God knows what. Bend down and touch your toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, like that. That was, that was the fucking, that's what I, you know, the preconception I had. But as it turned out, I got, got back there and there was, there was a lot of like immigrant looking type people, mainly Hispanics and whatnot. It was like going to the, do you remember going to like the deli or Tesco's and you take your ticket? Like, oh, yeah, I'll yeah, never yeah, forget yeah. it was number 42. And you had to wait while so I had to wait now. So therefore, my anxiety is going oh, through the roof. <laughs> and I'm like, holy fuck! I'm not. I'm, I'm just gonna let. I'm gonna let them do, or everyone down now. You know. So anyway, number forty-two. Go up to the counter. Why are you here, sir? I'm like, look. Here's my hotel. Here's the point of contact. This is the reason why I'm here. But why are you sweating so much, sir? And I was like, look, I've told, I've told, you know, your colleague exactly the same thing. I said, it's my first time in America. The humidity is crazy. It's going through the roof. So he looks at me. And I look at him. And I'm thinking, fuck, I've had it. And he, he went like that to me. Can you show me the in- inside of your arm, sir? So I reluctantly show him the inside of my arm. Well, he's so checking said, for track marks, is he? So I said, I hope you're not implying what I think you're implying. And he just looks at me, and next thing you know, 30-day stamp. Bang. Leave you, like, get out of customs. And I'm there now, and I'm thinking, fuck, I better miss the fucking whatever lift. I literally had about 75 quid on me. But there was this big black dude with Pancho. <laughs> it said Pancho on the card. It said Pancho it? on the card, like that. <laughs> I was so fucking stoked, like that, right? We we end up across one car park, and I'm like, uh, how far away we parked? I really need a smoke, and I don't want to piss off US Customs anymore. He went, we're parked right by there, sir. I said, what? He said, right by there. And it was a stretch Bentley there. I've fucking never been so hyped in my entire life. <laughs> Zero to hero, just like yeah, that. Just like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the limo, popping the champagne. Oh, it, was, it was literally, and like, because I'd been on the uh, the plane and my Todd and stuff, you know, I was like, wind the window down, man. I'd like, tell me about Miami. Tell me what's going on. So you gave me like a mini little tour and I was fucking stoked. Ended up in South Beach. I was just like, what the fuck am I doing here? I've been through similar, nothing quite to that extent, but those extreme highs and lows that you get. So this tour that I was just on with Steel Panther, uh, Paris show was in the Bataclan, which is where that incident happened in November a couple of years ago. So that was a, you know, a date of big significance to me. I was friends with the band that were involved and I just thought I want to go here and do a really good show. Show was great. Afterwards, we had an after party next door. My friend DJ Mike Rock is a big French DJ. We went back to back, had this great night, went back to the barman of the bar's house afterwards all night, just partying the best night. And then I get the train to Belgium the next day. Haven't slept, like shaking, like similar sort of deal, right? Just feeling awful. Pass out on this train. Thank God I was in like a reserved seat up until the station that I was meant to be getting off. Otherwise, I would have carried on sleeping and just woke up. God knows where. This guy's tapping me. He's like, you're in my seat. I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, we're here. Oh, so I get out. 
I'm in this place called Torhout in Belgium, just yeah. buttfuck nowheresville. I get off the train. The first thing I see is this old guy just pissing in the middle of the road, broad daylight. I was like, okay, I guess I'm here. I get, <laughs> I get, I get to the venue. Welcome home. <laughs> I get to the venue. I just literally get in my dressing room, take all my clothes off from the night before. I have a shower. Luckily, my dressing room is like a sports room, so there's showers in mm-hmm. the actual room. And then I just lie out on the floor and nap for like two hours. World of pain all day. And then I finally wake up, get on stage play to like 3,000 people and it's that similar sort of thing of yeah. like zero to hero yeah. in the space of a couple of hours yeah, yeah, and that's, that's, it's a great feeling isn't that's, it? That's magnificent you know especially like you know what tragically happened in Paris that night you know and like you said I'm, you know unfortunately like the, those guys were fucking heroes man you know like the energy in the room was you know, palpable. You know, you know, to be able to to go there and kick that, and like you said, you're friendly with those. That must have been something. It was one of the most significant nights of my career. I, 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 I could, yeah, I can see why. Yeah, because you know it was a total tragedy what happened in that fucked. room that night. It was fucked. I remember. You can't imagine it, can news. you? Being no. on stage and watching that unfold in front of your eyes. Uh, it's just fucking all like I don't want to get all fucking political and stuff but all these people in the world who think they've got a point to prove like that let's fucking solve it fucking diplomatically and not fucking persecute fucking people go for a good time and people are providing a good time you know yeah man yeah yeah innocent people going to a concert to yeah. sing dance and yeah. have a good time and then don't go home yeah it's extremely you know it's touching man it's just fucking very very bad but anyway, on let's, a floor, on let's raise a glass let, to those people. Let's raise a glass to Drink to their people. memory. Absolutely. Yeah, so get to South Beach now. And I bump into the boys in what, what the Yanks would call an elevator. <laughs> but it was a lift. And I was like, yo, boys, I was like, let's go and have a fucking beer. Get to, get to the bar. And it's fucking, whoa, man. It's quite a few quid, like. I'm like, oh, fucking hell, boys. I need to change some money, but I haven't really got too much money. <laughs> so they're like that to me. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. We'll, we've, we'll club in. We'll lend you some money now. Weren't they going to allow you to expense everything? Oh, Weren't no, MTV no, 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 no. This, this is how naive I was. <laughs> right. nice. so they're, they're like out of the goodness of your own heart, giving me my own fucking per diems. <laughs> So, like, I, I find out about an hour later and I feel like, oh, Punch, you're such a fucking gullible cock sometimes. <laughs> but, um, I don't know, that's, that's, that's maybe sometimes you have to be too honest, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you're obviously thrust into this world as well, and we'll we'll get more into that in a moment's time. I want to backtrack in a bit. But, you know, you're obviously just regular guys. And after oh, the totally. huge success of season one, you're thrust into this world that none of you are prepared for, you don't know anything about. So, assumedly, you're all walking in there very naive, wide-eyed, like, this is fucking great. What's going on? We've been given the golden ticket here. Yeah, we were just, yeah, we were just fucking lapping it up and not really thinking too much into the future. It was just, you know, how can we make the next show even funnier than the last? How can we make the next prank fucking funnier than the last? You know, not that it was all, like, scripted by any means, because a lot of it was just fucking, just fucking straight off the bat, fucking straight at you. Certainly all and the that... most fond memories that people have from the show, I think, were those moments that were just natural, organic, in the moment, unscripted. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. With, like, do you when know the what? crew had gone home, do you know what? it's just you, you guys left. Yeah, you can't script bullshit, I'll tell you that now, right? I remember, like, the amount of times that we used to fill out health and safety forms and just post them under... 
the health and safety fucking person's hotel room or fucking room in Cardiff, you know, the house of doom. So you actually had crew members staying in that house with you guys, did you? Yeah, we had crew crew uh, members. Yeah, there was. <laughs> yeah, we all we all lived together as one big happy family. It was like the Waltons gone fucking wrong. That's what I've been saying when we've been doing these live Q and A's. It was like a fucked up Big Brother season oh, one, fuck wasn't it? Before hell. Big Brother. Well, yeah, pretty much, man. Yeah, the first reality much. show, you might say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I hate that fucking term reality. Yeah, but because of what it's become, but it really yeah. was. I've I've mentioned this a couple of times in podcasts and in the live shows. Jackass for me, I'm a huge fan of that show. So always I, will be. So um, without them, obviously, probably MTV wouldn't have given you guys the show, probably oh, because not. they'd seen how successful that format could be. But their their format for me seemed a lot more stage put on, exaggerated. Absolutely. With you guys, it was just here's four mates who are probably going to be getting up to this kind of stuff, even if they didn't have a TV. Oh, we show. were we were doing it. We, doing we were it, doing yeah. it already. You know, like. Pritch and Dayton, you know, they established, you know, like P versus D, myself and Joyce, you know, we had parts there. But then, you know, as the as the show grew, it wasn't just the Pritchard and Dayton show. It was like it was a dynamic. Yeah. It was like the a band. four it was the four of us. We yeah. became a fucking band. It was solidified, like fucking, we're all there. It's all four of us. Obviously, like Pritch and Dayton, they have their fucking beef. You know, and that's just an ongoing thing. And that will always be until the day they fucking die. Yeah, but that was just but one was strand out. to the format, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was just one strand. But, like, the whole dynamic was made up of all four of us, you know? Yeah. Like, Joyce being the most perverse motherfucker. <laughs> Which he relished and reveled in, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, like, you know, me being very, very intoxicated and... Yeah, I was I, I was game on for a lot of stunts, you know? Well, do you know the thing that I love about you is the one-liners, dude. Like, so many of the show's highlights, I think, were these snippets that you just seemingly came up with on the spot. Johnny Cash snorts some ash. Yeah. No more nettles for T-boys. Yeah, this organic stuff is shit, boys. <laughs> right in the convertible. All those, I mean, let's go back a little bit. Were you interested in comedy as a kid? Were you somebody that grew up with a fascination with yeah. performers and stand-ups yeah, because I, 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 there seems I, to be a bit of that in you. I always, yeah, I, I, I always used to watch like Ken Dodd and stuff, you know, with my with my grandpa and stuff. And yeah, maybe like, do you know what, Matt? I've never even thought about it until now. Yeah, but perhaps I had like a bit of an influence on, on the one-liners. My mother was always very good with one-liners. Well, is that where it came from? Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. Um, like I said, I went to a Catholic school and... There was a charity called Cafford. I don't know if you're aware of it. But basically, I had underage. Not the name of that pub we've just seen. No, not the Craddock. (laughs) (laughs) Where's this money going to the food? It's like a missionary type thing. (laughs) Right, right, right. right. There you go. It's like uh, where lots of missionaries and stuff go. And I, I ended up having sex. Where's this going? When I was young. No, listen to me now. Not with a Cafford woman. With my girlfriend at the time. And I'd broken my shoulder skateboarding. Fucking hell, there you go. Yeah, that's a gnarly scar. Dave's got one of those right there. It looks very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this this one. And so basically, you could tell anyone in these of these missionaries anything in confidence. Like confession, yeah. Like a confession. So Kate ends up. I'm not going to say a surname. She ends up... Okay, she's listening. <laughs> she won't mind anyway. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, so I end up, yeah, we end up having having sex. And I don't, How well, old are you? How old are you when you reach your virginity? I'm 13. I'm 13 too, so that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 13. You're sexually active, I think, yes, at that age. A lot of people are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As but long I'm, as the other person is yeah, so 13 up, as well. I ended up, uh, yeah, I ended up losing my virginity to, to that girl. And she told the Cafford people in confidence that she thought she was pregnant. Right. And being pregnant in a Catholic school in the early 90s was very, very frowned upon. Sinful, you might say. Yes. And as I said earlier, my mother worked in the school, so I ended up getting pulled out of a French lesson. Wow, mid-lesson. Yeah. And there's the RE teacher and my mother, and my mother says, have you been having sexual intercourse with, with, you know whom? Fill in the blank. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I said, I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. Well, she's just confessed. So as it turns out now, her, her parents used to live next door to my grandparents. Her dad comes screaming down in the car to my parents' house. You know, we've been courting for like six months Courting, you old gent. You. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, who said romance is dead? Yeah. But we Let were... me just ask this real quick. Where did you lose your virginity? Was the location? It was actually in her father's bed. Oh, so it wasn't in a field yeah, or a I park I had a broken shoulder. She gave me two pints of uh, uh, Albright Best Bitter, which is quite popular in Wales, yeah? It's probably only just about three. in the mood. It's only about 3%, yeah. And we had sex and it wasn't... We didn't know if we did it properly or not. Yeah, just, it, thing, was just, it? it was just—it was so experimental. So anyway, <laughs> so her dad comes flying down to my dad's house. So my dad goes toe to toe to him, going, "Don't you fucking have a go, my son? This, that, the other." And my grandpa like, "Don't you have a go, my fucking grandson?" So he like, her dad went like, "Look, I'm taking her out to school. I'm putting her to private school." But we carried on after she went to <laughs> private school. Yeah. But uh, like Take that, yes, yeah, and, yeah. You there can't was, stop love. There was one. There was one time that I was uh, in a in a local booze called the Bagglebrook, and I could see this chap struggling with a massive load, like tray of drinks. And I held the door open, and he actually said thank you, and that was her dad. Was him. And I was thinking, oh, I probably cost you a fucking good few grand, my yeah, dear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you have any brothers or sisters growing up, or do you have? Yeah, I do. I have. I'm I'm the eldest of three brothers. Three have, boys. Yeah, I have uh, a middle brother who's a very successful uh, legal executive. There you go. I am um, my youngest brother actually works in the Talbot Steelworks as an electrician. Yeah. So they're both still around here. Yeah, uh, Simon lives in Cardiff. Chris lives in Talbot. He live, actually lives in the family house now, after mum and dad passed away. Um. Yeah, so but like we're we're extremely close. Yeah, we you know as close as brothers can be. You know they they're both married with kids and stuff. Um, so I'm still living the black sheep legacy. Really. You know. <laughs> when does skateboarding come into your life? I started skateboarding um, either eleven or twelve, and just really, really, really enjoyed it. And by the time I was thirteen. I was going to Cardiff, and that's where I got introduced to, like, Pritchard. Pritchard was a heavy hitter. It was, was he the first of the other three that you met? He was the first of the other three, yeah. And, yeah, to be honest, I was I was really, I was in awe. I was starstruck, you know, because he was in the magazines and stuff. But um, he came skating down the hill from 
uh, a Cardiff uh, train station at the time on his knees and he pointed at me and there was a professional skateboarder who was a midget in in California called yeah. Pancho Mola. <laughs> and that fucking nickname has stuck with me to this fucking day. Right? You know, wherever I go in the UK, you know, like, oh, it's Pancho, Pancho, Pancho. It's like only my mum, my mother used to call me Mike. Um, well, my girlfriend, on-off girlfriend, you know, if you know, if she's really cross, she call me Michael. Um, my mates, like from PT, they call me Lockie because that's my surname. Lock. And literally everybody else. Yeah, but a lot Pancho. of yeah, a lot like a lot of them Pancho, and yeah, they even try to wind me up some of them by calling me Pancho because I, when you're with like people you were in school with who were oblivious to it, it's like, come on, man, you know me fucking before this. And my daughters, when they really want to piss me off, they call me Patio. <laughs> <laughs> does it does it bother you being called that? Or are you fully at peace? What, Patio with... or Pancho? Pancho. No, no, I like you, you embrace it. Well, it's been it's been twenty seven years now, so yeah, I have embraced it. Yeah. I have no problem with it at all. Um, the P versus D skate tape, which is obviously then what leads on to Dirty Sanchez. Yeah. Uh, you have a premiere for that, don't you, you guys in Wales? And it's quite the event. And uh, I'm led to believe that that was kind of the night that, I guess, Pancho, as everybody else knows him, was born, perhaps. Um, because no, your I, no, segment I, you no, hadn't well, really I, seen in, in the film until the premiere, right? No, but no, but I, I was quite instrumental on the, like, the UK's... Well, not instrumental, that's a very big-headed, but I'd had... Um, I'd had um, coverage in uh, Rad Skateboard Magazine when I was 14. That would have been as Mike Locke, though, right? No, no, oh, Mike, that, Mike, that Mike, Pancho, Mike Pancho Locke. Was it? Oh, okay. And then I added, like, numerous photos, and it was Pancho. So right, that, right, right. that wasn't actually the first time that the, that the, public, the public were were really made aware of the Pancho. Obviously, it, it amplified it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But... Um, no, they, no, it, so it, it, moment, it wasn't the first time. Like, within the UK uh, skate scene, I was always known as Pancho. So from the moment Pritchard spotted you and called you that, that was it? it that just pretty stuck much then stuck. And there. Yep, that's, that's correct. Love it. And just leading on, Pancho is now, Pancho Mola yeah. has now gone on to become a porn star. Has he really? <laughs> so they may, I don't I, I, I don't think I'm really cut out for that, but <laughs> never say never. <laughs> uh, what's your memory of the House of Doom? Let's go in on that one. Season one, you're obviously thrown into this house. Uh, no experience whatsoever with television and the film crew and how to make a show, but you're all, I guess, yeah, given I, I, the, yeah, in one word, the keys to the kingdom. Yeah, in one word, debauchery. Straight up. Straight up debauchery. There was... There, there was no holding back, you know. You were given all these utensils, and you could just mess around. And there was, there was party tokens, you there and everywhere. I remember myself being Pritch, staying awake all night, drinking slabs of Budweiser, and just teeing off with a golf club against the wall. And it just like, smashing the bottles in the house. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like in hindsight, it was completely idiotic and stupid. But you know what? You're when, young kids. When you when when you have no responsibility, when you're kids, you don't give a fuck, man. Of you course just not. Want to go and fuck shit up? Well, and and that's exactly what we did. You're being employed to do that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But there's a funny story, and I I'm not sure if the other guys touched on it, but 
we had a health and safety guy called Begby. And yep. I believe they did, because I have heard the f- podcast, but they were some time ago. <laughs> yeah, and Begby, like, we turned up the BMX. Really, he was bringing down God knows what from Scotland, and he was up to no good. And He didn't last long, I'm led to believe. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Becky Stanifoth, who, like, I love Becky. She's the director. Of Shout out one. to Becky, you know, like, yeah, she's the director. She's the pioneer. She was... The driving force behind a lot of it. Did she have a work cut out keeping you four in line? Oh, fuck. Do you know what? At times, she would really embrace it. But then at other times, she's like, guys, 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 you've really got to wind your neck in. And I sounded like Jim Mickey then. But yeah, she, yeah, he did. But Beck, Beck was more fucking manly than Jim Mickey. <laughs> not, not in a bad way, Beck. You're beautiful. and I love you in every sense. Did anything from the filming of season one not make the show that stands out? Either too hot for TV or just there wasn't a place for it within the show? Are there any skits or moments um, that you remember being filmed that didn't end up uh, in the, there's, there's the first noth- season? There's nothing in particular on on the first season, but there is certainly one on the second season. Go on then. Let's go to season two. Well, first of all, before we get to that, yeah. so season one airs. Uh, tell me about that fame hurricane that follows it and what it was like uh, for was, you guys it, adjusting it, it, it was to just, that. It was just absolutely, you know, you go... Debauchery times two. Well, yeah, it's just like everybody, everybody wants you in their bars, you know. Females love you, you know. Not that there was ever a problem in the past, but, <laughs> yeah. but it certainly did escalate things. And, yeah, it was just like everybody wanted you at their party and, you know, you just... You had a lot of money. You could do pretty much what you wanted, and there was there was fucking no holes barred. Really, it was you know walking down the street and everybody knows your name overnight, pretty much. Just as well, overnight, right? yeah. just just like that. And yeah, that took a lot of adapting too. Were and, all four of you on the same page with it? Did all four of you go into it together as one united group? Um, I, I'd, 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 I'd say one? I'd say the person who probably was most confident due to his skateboard talents was Matthew Pritchard because he'd been such you know been on that stature within skateboarding and stuff you know which is ironic because he kind of comes across as the most shy in some uh, of those early scenes in season one and he's spoken to me about it you know when he's in the kitchen he yeah. said he was so nervous about being on film in some of those early scenes whereas you in particular and Joyce in particular Seem really comfortable with being oh, on camera. Oh, well, uh, do you know what, Matt? That's where looks can be deceiving. Right. I, uh, it was my, all front, was it? You were putting yeah, well, on a brave yeah, face. Well, uh, yeah, my, my ass was twitching and <laughs> everything, you know. It was, it, was, it, was definitely, it was definitely a big shock to the system, you know. And, uh, like, my family, like, they found it really weird when people started knocking, the, like, the family fucking door. That happened, and, did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, yeah, because my parents were on series one and two, and... Yeah, they, there's a funny story, and this, I'll cut to the chase really quick. My dad used to work in the steelworks as well. My dad goes into work on a Monday morning, and they're like, oh, die, we saw you on TV last night. And he went, oh, not my bloody son show. <laughs> and when I go, oh, no, Sir Trevor MacDonald. And he went, what do you mean? He said, well, the happy slapping cruise. So they tried pinning that on myself and my dad. And dad was just mortified, yeah? As much as he liked a good laugh, he was like, bloody hell, Michael, that's it. 
and pulling back that disclaimer, they can fuck right off. I'm not fucking being fucking accused of fucking headline fucking tabloid news now. Well, they always want someone to blame, don't they? Yes, they always want someone to blame, yeah. And and I guess you guys were prime material. Yes, absolutely, yeah. And it was it was just a thing that started off, you know, it was it's like something that people do on a rugby or football tour. It's like and that's the way that the first series of Sanchez, the way that that I tried to relay it, it's like it was a constant rugby or football fucking tour. But you've got the means to do pretty much what the fuck you want. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you were getting stitched up, you know, you'd obviously have a few drinks, fall asleep, wake up, something would have happened to you. <laughs> were there any moments where you thought, I've really had enough of this happening? Or did you take it in good, good, oh, good the, jest? Yeah, 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 like there was obviously times, you know, where I flip out when your eyebrows are gone and stuff. <laughs> I think just. Just human nature and stuff. But also there were times when I fucked the other boys up. But, like, TV can make you look, you know, one way or stuff. You know, there was other stuff, you know, that should have made fucking footage. But it didn't, you know? And that's, yeah, going back to what you were saying, you know, perhaps some of that stuff. You know, I wish I wish that had gone in, you know? What you know, about not, not, not as like a Pancho's Revenge thing. But... Yeah. <laughs> Pancho's Revenge. Yeah, perhaps uh, but, uh, Pancho's Revenge coming soon. <laughs> what was the... Midlife crisis. What was the scene in season two which got left out then? Right. Well, it was actually my 25th birthday. And we were, we were staying with cowboys in, in Arizona. In New Galles, Arizona. And on my 25th birthday... Jim Bob, 
or Jim Bo, his name was. That's Jim Hickey, the director. Is no, it? no, 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 no. This this was like the cattle, like the rancher, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he used to have these rancheros, and there was one called Ramos. And who, who's the guy off Machete? Mich- uh, Danny Trejo. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He reminded me of Danny Trejo. Yeah? Right, right. What? Because he looked like a gnarly, hardened criminal. Real gnarly, burly, sketchy Mexican. Right? <laughs> and he was, and, and Jimbo was like, look, we're, we're going to go across now for, for your birthday. Like that. So we, we go into to New Gales, Mexico, and we're walking down the high street. And because the show was so big in Latin America, it's like, Pancho, Dainton, Pritchard, Joycey, come drink, tequila, 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 tacos, tacos. Yo, you, you, want, you, you want women? We got women. We got everything. It was just like something because like it hadn't even got through to the States at the time. And it just went. It just, that was just like such a culture shock then going in there. It was my 25th birthday and yeah, we ended, we ended up in a strip joint and <laughs> having some great fun and yeah, you know, like good coffee. Yeah, it was great. It was great. It was good fun. But we end up then coming back over the border. Not even before that, no, right? Well, Ramos... He was a bit naughty, but we end up going back <laughs> over the border, like all right, and we're driving along. Now I'm in the boot, and it's just bouncing, bouncing, going along like these dirt tracks, getting back to the ranch. Yeah? We get back there now, and there's a big fire going. We crack open some beers and stuff, and the next thing you know, Jimbo he comes along, and he's got this big iron fucking casket, like that, right, and he's like. You've been branding my cattle all week. Well, now it's time for you boys to get branded too. And I was like, holy fuck. He's like, Pan, shut up first. It's your 25th birthday. So I was like, fuck that. Fuck that. Pritch is like, fuck this, man. I'm going to do it. I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to nail it. I'm going to nail it. Like, all right. So Pritch gets it like done on his thigh. What, what are you getting done? What's the actual... Uh, we're getting branded. Yeah, yeah, but what, what are you getting branded uh, we're on? We're getting you? branded DS. DS. <laughs> so Pritch gets it done. He's like, oh, Pancho, it's not too bad. Just to set the scene now, Pancho is about to reveal the scar from the brand. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what you can see is an outline of where the hair used to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah like the, nothing will grow back there anymore. <laughs> How much did that hurt on a scale of um, 1 to 10? On a scale of 1 to 10... Fucking hardly anything at the really? time because it kills all the nerve endings, yeah? It's the aftermath. So then Joyce Joyce decides to have it on his belly. You know, I couldn't think of anything worse. So he's just like this gibbering wreck going away. He's just got little bits and bits and bits. The other member of the clan locked himself away in the car. Lee Dayton. Yeah, yeah. Dayton locked himself away. <laughs> but the worst... And he had a big strop, didn't he? He's spoken about this. He said that's one of the times that there was a bit of a fallout because he was like, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it. And didn't he set fire to someone's tent afterwards? No, oh, he, he was definitely pissed. I forget, man. And like, I don't know, it was my 25th birthday. I was <laughs> fucked up. I, I, I can't remember the aftermath. What I do remember is having a nice... I bought some Tommy Hilfiger shorts, like on the cheap out in America, as you do, isn't it? in the ball. And they were like a beige colour. And like when we were flying back, I was like, boys, 
your brand's like really and it's, this is where the pain comes in now it's the upkeep the weeping the sobbing. The weeping is the word yeah 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 because it's you know it's a first degree fucking burn yeah yeah yep. so anyway we like we get back to the uk the, like the shoot date is not until for a fortnight in the marines but um Jim, fucking clever hickey, decides to pull it forward. So it's only four days, right? So, like, none of us have been to the hospital because I believe Brandon is illegal in the UK. Right. I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's mutilation. Yes, yeah. it is fucking mutilation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah. But, um, yeah, so we, we end up in Exmouth. And we do the first day's training. It's the one where I almost fucking drowned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which people thought was fake, didn't they? Because oh, there was well, that last no, episode. No, no, holy fuck. Let's set the record straight. Yeah, I had I had the full kit on. I thought I'm a pretty strong swimmer. But I underestimated coming off the board, like the, the power to kick up off the off the bed of the floor of the, of the pool. So I literally only had tippy toes. Well, I have stay calm, stay calm. You can do this, Mike. You're, you're a strong swimmer. Just stay calm, stay calm. Next thing you know, panic sets in, panic sets in. One comes in to try and see me. You can do it. Another one, I think it was three or four in the end to get me out. So anyway, like we continue with the rest of the day and it's like, fuck drinking the night before this. Fucking, let's go and get and see these brands. Let's go and get them sorted. So we turn up at Exmouth. Like it's a tiny little hospital, A and E. All three of you that have been branded Prince together. Prince goes up first. He goes, uh, "What's the matter?" Is it? Um, I've got a burn on my leg. <laughs> goes in, and the nurses were kind of laughing because you know, I'm retarded. <laughs> they they knew who you were as well, presumably. Uh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. We, yeah, <laughs> I think we did have a photo with them. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I go up next. Uh, yeah, I've got, and I can just hear him laughing. And then with Joyce, he goes up and he's just got this like mismatched on his belly, like, you know, like burns and stuff. And it's, yeah. So, yeah, they put like this dressing on, which really helped and give us some like good medical advice. And yeah, the Marines, they helped a lot. But yeah, the Marines, they're a crazy fucking bunch themselves. How did you find the shooting of season two? Did you find that there was pressure on you guys to replicate the success of season one? And did you feel like some of it was perhaps a little bit scripted? And I thought um, it was definitely more structured because, you know, like it was jobs for the boils. But um, the best theme song ever, by the way, I, I love yeah. the working on the site from morning, morning to night. night. So good, isn't it? Yeah, That's living. All right. Yeah, I'll feed his impact. Yeah, I, I was definitely brought up around that. That was one of my dad's favorites. Yeah. My mom never used to really like me watching it. But it like, was the perfect fit, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. But yeah, the second series. Yeah. Like ultimately, it was it had to be more structured in order to get a budget, and then, you know, but just just with the same series, you know, no matter what what stuff was put on paper or this this will work, eighty percent of it was absolute crap, you know, um, you you know, and you know, it was just the stuff that was just off the cuff raw straight to the point and i think that's what set 
Well, not what I think. This is what I know set us apart from Jackass because yeah. it was real. Yeah, it was real. It was done on a fucking shoestring budget. There was no fucking mass fucking huge budget, you know, to to pull things off. You know, we we struggled to get fucking legal insurance, you know, and that's that's what prolonged, you know, the first and the second series. You know, there's, you know, there's, there was multiple uh, factors, and sometimes we didn't help ourselves. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because you're not prepared for that, are you? You're not no, trained no, or no, schooled I, no, in that. I, no, absolutely not. You're like you've hired us to be this. This is all we know. Yeah, and it was just like being on a skateboard rugby football tour. Yeah, constantly. Constant, yeah. <laughs> Constant, yeah. Season three, dude, there's a scene... I've got a question for you. Quickly. Fire away. Go on. Right, well, you, you've Ask lived life on the of us. I certainly have. Yeah, they're not as luxurious as people think they are, are they? Well, for me, I would sooner stay in a hotel and get trains on my own. And that's um, what I actually did around Europe on the Steel Panther tour, because... First of all, there's no privacy. So if you want to link mm. up with girls, you can't really do that. You're in a bunk bed that's the size of a coffin. So it's a no-go. And also you can't shower on them. You can't poo on them. It's it's not what you would call comfortable living, no. Yeah. And it's not traveling. I mean, the great thing is you can wake up. If you're on a busy scheduled tour, you can wake up at the venue. You're there. You can then just go into the venue, shower, freshen up. It's a little bit easier uh, on the body and mind than, go on, Pants, let's have a beer. If you've got one, I'm going to break my detox. 18 days clean. 18 minutes with Pants Show here. Is this the last one? Is this my fault? Is this the last one? No, don't worry. We'll get someone to go and get some more. Okay. Well, you can have half of this anyway. You got a glass? Fucking no. You don't, you don't want much to you Come down here, you English. <laughs> <laughs> you English. Racist. So how come you asked me that? About the tour bus. That was obviously season three for you guys was on the bus around Europe. Yeah, because um, the reason I posed that question, uh, Matt, is because, as you know, it's not all what people make it out to be. You think, oh, yeah, we've really made it. We've got this luxurious tour bus, and this is fantastic. When they must be rolling in cash. Yeah, 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 yeah. The reality is you get a shower once a week. You've got no privacy. Well, you know, not only that, with you guys, right? You're on top of each other. Yeah, People exactly, are thanking each other. Exactly. The minute you fall asleep, you're getting I, fucked that, with. That's, that's, that's where cracks start to form. Yeah. It was it really, it's the classic, again, band story, isn't it? Is you're yeah. out on the road, you can't get away from each other, no escape. Yeah. And it's like in the house, but intensified. Oh, yeah, but it's magnified so much. Yeah. You know, like in a house, you can just get out the street and fuck off home to your own fucking yard. Yeah. Or hotel, whatever. When you're on that bus. Cheers, brother. Cheers, mate. There's no escape. There is no escape. You know, you're, you're in the middle of fucking Norway. You can't just go get me the fuck off this bus. You know, it's, it's fucking minus God knows wherever. You know, and yeah, I was just trying to, I was just trying to explain to the audience that like tour life is not all the people that think it is, you know, especially on a tour bus. It's the reason don't, a lot of bands break up. Yeah, it, don't get me wrong. I love, I love experiencing different cultures. I love different countries, meeting new people, you know, just embracing all that. But when you're on each, in each other's pockets, 24-7, fucking seven days a week for fucking three months, it becomes hell. 
hell on earth, yeah. pretty much. You throw booze and drugs in the mix. Yeah. You throw all the pranks that you're doing on each other. Yeah, exactly, because, you know, you, like, we all, like, it even got to the point when we were in Italy and we we actually had our own hotel rooms, but they'd, they'd gone in and said, oh, Mike Locke, I've lost my card. <laughs> gone into my room and fucking shaved fucking half my hair off. You know, and that's, you know, so you can imagine what it's like when you're on a tour bus, you know, when you just got a little curtain, you know, and you're well intoxicated, you know, how, you know, how were you meant to relax? Weren't you all left? You, you, that, no, that, that, is, that is called being on pins. Torturous, isn't it? Torture. Yeah, it's, it's a form of torture, yeah. Weren't you all left on the motorway in one of the countries? Didn't the bus driver just say, right, get off, yes. I'm off? And that was the first time yeah, your tour but manager I, the, had seen that happen. That was actually a calculated plan. Oh, was it? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, yeah, because of those fractures and we just wanted some creature comforts. You know, not throwing the toys out of the pram, but like enough was enough. And to be honest, the fucking the bus driver, he was a wanker anyway. So, yeah, we were going down the motorway and some... Pepper spray managed to um, <laughs> somehow, uh, some way, yeah, somehow, some way, just make its way down into the driver's cockpit. And uh, he pulled over and he said, I've been on tour with Anthrax, I've been to this, that, the other. But he said, Never, ever have I ever met a bunch of fuck ups like you. Got to be proud with that, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah, Anthrax, man, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so there's a scene in, I don't know whether it made the show or not, but, uh, basically Pritch goes MIA. Um, I think because he's partied out, he's got an anxiety. Yeah, I believe, I believe it's in Milan. Milan. And the usual stunt and the way it usually goes down is stellar enema. Yeah. And he's the one who does it. And then he shits the beer on Joyce's face. Right. But then he's gone. So you have to assume Pritch's role and do the stellar enema for him. Tell us about that. Was that in the show or did it not make the cut? I don't um, think it made the cut. I don't think it actually made the cut. But no. tell us about the story. Yeah, there's only two... To, well, you know, I don't mind the odd little roll finger off uh, the missus now and again. But, like, <laughs> for me, it's personally... It's, it's, you know, it's a one-way shoot. Um, <laughs> we should uh, say as well at this point, the stellar enema, for those who don't know, is you put a tube up your bum hole and attempt to drink beer through your ass so you get it up inside there, yes, and then yes. you so shower it all out, well, and Joycey would put his face in front of the butt when he yeah, with goggles on oh, and yeah, receive the load, yeah, um, which is fucking disgusting. It is disgusting. <laughs> he told the story of why he started doing the face as well, because he was drinking it initially, but then the doctor was said, drinking you're initially. getting all this bacteria in your throat. It was vile. It got to the point with them, lot that they used to do pre-gig enemas. <laughs> We actually, we actually fucked up a massive tour like with Luminar Leisure. I don't know if you know about this. No. Yeah, because of the mess of the enema. I can imagine the mess is quite something. Yeah, it, well, with me, I, I didn't. Well, yeah, it did. It's not look, your thing, right? But, it's not. It's but not my bag. Gone, and somebody's got to do, do it. Like, so look, come up, you're the man for the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, look, you just got to step up to the table now and again and do things. We all have to do things in life we don't like to do. <laughs> so and, what, and that what was happens? one of those. What happened? Um, cocktail bar in Milan. It was a cocktail. It was a high polloi thing. It was fucking pretty, like fashion end, you know, like high end fashion. Um, not the sort of place that Dirty Sanchez should be performing live. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah, totally wrong. Quote. But therein lies the joke, obviously. 
No, no, they they kind of frowned upon it. Yeah, of it, they it did. didn't particularly go too well. Like, I, oh, do you know what? I'm really struggling to remember it. Well, do you want me to recount it for you, and then you can take over? Well, so. You put the tube up your ass, is what oh, I what? hear. No, no, <laughs> fucking hell, I know that shit. <laughs> and, I know that shit, yeah, but like... He... But you put it so far up. No, I know. But you drink the beer and it goes right up inside your stomach. So you go to spray Joycey with the beer and... Yeah, and then... Uh, the whole... Just straight up shit comes out, A right? of plop. <laughs> <laughs> All over his face. All over his face. And then yeah. there's just a slow clap. In the bar, yeah, well, as people Joyce, are leaving yeah, and shaking yeah, their yeah, heads. Yeah, yeah. Joyce, Joyce fucking deserves that. Right? <laughs> so you and Joyce used to share rooms a lot when the four of you were on the road. I yeah, we were Rich and Dayton would share, and and you and Joyce would share. Tell me about sharing a room with Joycey and and your friendship with him. First of all, over the years, and oh, I, yeah, I, I, I'm because you must have spent a lot of time together. I'm fond, I'm fond of all the lads, but um, yeah, me and me and Joyce. Yeah, he was great, man. You know, like I, you know, I was an usher in his wedding, and believe it or not, he's married. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm I'm very fond of Dan. He's he's always up for a good laugh. Like his his mother, his family. You know, he's people portray him to be this way, and he is Mister Shock Value. He or at is. least was. Oh, he was at least. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, there's there's no taboo like to. Or there weren't any taboo that would hold him back. But he never, and that was his unique he, magic, he, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And you know what? He'd always make me smile, apart from when like, he'd wake up and go, you've kept me awake all night snoring. But then like some of the comedy pranks he'd come up with, he'd be like, oh, let's make this into two single rooms. And he'd like just have safety pins and put like a bed sheet in and then he'd be like oh 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 like what's it called when you can see someone when you're imitating like through um oh, what's the word for what like shadow puppets shadow style. puppets yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. oh look at my shadow wank look <laughs> at my shadow wank do you know what it was always it was always like yeah it kept you entertained on just, the road just keep me entertained and you know like even no matter what shit was going on, he was like sometimes he can be a moody bastard, like just like us all. But well, he's spiky in, and he's very upfront with his feelings. He doesn't beat. Oh around no, the bush. he doesn't beat around the bush. No, 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 no. No, but I think he'd also say that I'm probably one of the nicest people you ever meet. You know, he's like he's, you know, he's a good egg. A, he yeah, might say a good egg. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah, which was spawned from. For my own mouth, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Along with fucking Montenegro and <laughs> fucking God knows what else. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to the one-liners, maybe. Yeah. Let's discuss Pritchard and your friendship with him. Pritchard, um, absolute inspiration. Even, even when I first met him back in the early 90s. You went on a trip together to Germany, right? Where you had we, to pose as his son to get in. That's right, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, like Pritchard had, Pritchard was only like twenty oh, twenty twenty no, he was he would have been about twenty two, twenty three. I was fifteen. Like, hang on, if I'm he would have been twenty one, he's six years older than me. Yeah. So yeah, we get we get to all these big competitions, Matthews. In, he's been invited by the uh, the American sponsor, Deanne, at the time. 
And, um, yeah, I blagged it in as his son on numerous <laughs> occasions. And then we docked him my fucking passport to go out tonight. <laughs> so it would say Matthew Pritchard and then Michael Pritchard as his little son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure people want to know this as well. Are you still Michael Pritchard? Are you still married? No, no, Are you still we, legally bonded? No, 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 no. That's over, is it? Oh, it's well and truly You're over. You're fully separated. He was grabbed by his fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so the wedlock has been broken. Oh, yes, indeed. Indeed. Yeah, I believe Matthew's engaged to get mar- uh, to be married. And uh, yeah, like, Pritch just one fucking crazy motherfucker, man. Crazy. Crazy on a skateboard. Even crazier in the party. Now he's taking it on to like, I'm so, so proud of him. So, so proud of him. In fact, here we go, right here. There we go. His brand new vegan cookbook. We've got the cookbook. Right available here. now on all good bookstops. I believe it's, <laughs> I believe in Amazon is eight quid at this There we go. Time. I didn't get one. Gutted. Ah, did you not? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, well, let's not fall out to this, right? <laughs> you want me to doctor the name for you? I'll have a little look through it, though, before it's, we wrap I, it, up. Because I haven't actually it's, seen it's, any it's of the recipes absolutely. yet. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, more to the point, you know, like, um, I, I, I know his whole family. Um, all of them are great people. And I think. You know, with with the triathlon things and stuff that the Matthew and his brother have achieved, I think it's far. You know, it's 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 fucking Batman shit. It's insane. It's he insane. is a bit of a superhero, isn't he? Well, I remember when he came back from Milan after having that big anxiety attack. He went to to the, the pooper, and he had a health check, and the doctor went, "Oh yeah, you're totally fine." And his exact words were. Well, does that mean I'm Batman? Well, that's Prince, you know, he's... But he, he's a man of extremes. He's a man of extremes, and you know what? I'm very proud of what he's done in business and stuff, and yeah, good on him. Yeah, he's fantastic. Proper good egg. Or vegan egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Veg. And what Veg. about you and Dane? What's that friendship? What's the dynamic there? What's the nature um, of that relationship? Yeah, me, me and Dane have always had a love and hate relationship, really. But I'd say there's a lot more love than hate. Um, yeah, he was he was kind enough. For, like I had my first ever professional skateboard, like out on Kill City through Dayton. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. Sometimes we collided, and I think a lot of that was to do with like me and Pritch going off and doing stuff with Channel Four and BBC Three. The payment, the payment thing on Channel Four. But you know what? He like irrelevant to that shit. He's, he's just like just like all of them. He's like a brother to me, man. You know, and I wouldn't, you know, like they went. The boys went on and did other stuff, you know. And I'm stoked for him for that. I'm I'm glad he's doing really well with his filming and whatnot. I think with every scenario like yours, you, you hit the nail on the head there with the brotherly reference because what you guys went through from youth to adulthood in the fucking light of the public eye with the extreme experiences highs lows everything in between Mm. it's gonna bond the four of you in a way that's so unique and unless you've been through something vaguely similar it's hard to really relate yeah matt my my mother my mother right and this this is the way i relate to it and my my mother is a very wise lady like the boys, or like Susie Locke. We used to have a lock. I joke. Susie Locke, Susie Locke loves cock, blah, blah, blah. 
she's come up with the one line that's and that's what i forgot to say do you know after the the catherine thing she said mike keep your rocket in your pocket <laughs> <laughs> straight but, away but anyway, didn't miss a beat anyway, anyway going back to susie's wiser side now right she went and got to me she said mike what when you grow up she said you love your children in different ways but that doesn't mean that you love them any less or any more it's just you love people in different ways. And I think that's definitely transpired, you know, and like I've not just with that, with friendships. You know, I know with, exactly with what friends, you do you know what I mean? It's Each like relationship it's is like, unique, isn't it's it? It's unique because, you know, otherwise, you know, we'd all just be this fucking monotone nation. And do you know what? If you haven't got an opinion, to be honest, I don't really want to fucking know you, whether I agree or not. You know, it's, stand it's, for something or you'll fall for anything. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah. I like that one. I think it's good, I, isn't it? It's yeah. not mine. I can't remember who coined no. that, but it's that sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Have yeah, yeah, passion. Yeah. But but like when I had my own children, I realised that, and and then spending so much time with with the lads, you know, it's like you love them. You you love them in different ways. You don't love them anywhere. You know, more or less. Just different. Yeah, it's just all different. The, fucking cunts <laughs> cunts you love to hate and love to love yes exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly from your point of view panch how did things come to an end obviously we need to talk a little bit about the movie as well but we won't go too much into the movie and we'll say why at the end of this ah, but um, um jumping ahead past the movie and i guess mtv pull back don't they and they're they're not really going to give you any more backing to film they're not going to allow you to use the name so yeah. the four of you go on the road yeah, and yeah, start touring and yeah, doing we, live yeah, shows. We, we, we start touring and then and then you realize that you know like once you split things four ways it becomes difficult and then certain people's greed gets in the way and you know, and then things meander, you know, and then Pritchard Dink went into their stuff, me and Joyce went into our stuff, and, you know, things really, yeah, they they needed to go that way, to be honest. When did the, you know, you said the cracks started to form in season three. When did the cracks really blow open? Oh, was it then, when you were doing no, those no, tours no, after it, the film? It was doing the, yeah, the, the cracks really, they, they really came to light. After the film was done. And you're on the road. And yeah, that's all and you're doing. On, yeah, on the road, you know, traveling all over the fucking world. And yeah, that's... that's. I guess it, if you're not making a TV show as well, those roles aren't as clearly defined. No, when, exactly, At least when you've got a show exactly, format to work exactly, within, it's yeah, like, well, that's yeah. your thing. This is my yeah, thing. Yeah, and, and, and the boys went on to do stuff, you know, which... You know, which I think is great. You know, they went went and did like the the Santa's go high stuff and stuff. But I think there was always like that element between me and Dink, and it's not the case now. But like at that moment in time, where like in the heat, there was probably like there was probably animosity there for just purely due to that factor. Because cool, you I'm, and Pritchard done pay men, and him yeah, and Pritchard yeah, yeah, don't yeah, get high, and, 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 and then. You know, we did like, it's like we, we, breaking we, up the group. Yeah, we did. We did like a BBC Three thing. Me and Pritch was like a pilot with with Paddy McGuinness and stuff. I don't know. Like a lot, there's a lot of like mitigating, contributing factors. But you know, to at the end of the day, all all good things must you know, come to an end. Must yeah. Or, or Unfortunately, I'll definitely be put on ice. Yes, you know? and I like. 
I'm I'm going to be the first to admit. I think I think sometimes my drinking piss people off. You know because, you know, uh, I I I was going, and I've I've certainly sorted myself out. You know, and I've held held down reputable jobs and stuff. Still, you know, still stuff that's really close to my heart. But you know, I think, um, yeah. And it's still something I need to, I need to work on. You know, there's, you know, there's, there's certain things. It's like, uh, if something bad happens, I drink in an attempt to forget it. Yeah, yeah, I can relate something to that. Something good happens, you drink to I celebrate. Drink to celebrate. If, if nothing nothing's happens, happening, you drink to pass the time. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. And you know that, isn't you? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that the the end of Sanchez hit you in a way that you didn't quite know at the time, in an emotional way? Do you think it um, left certain unresolved issues, or? I think yeah, I, um, Or were you already? No, no, no I've no, I, fairly I, I, out of hand with the booze at that point, anyway. No, no, no. I was I, I was prepared for it to be honest. Yeah, you I saw was it prepared coming. For it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was more yeah because like me and Joyce were going out and fucking doing. We're doing like four or five gigs a month. You know, like just, but then like realize, you know, things have to evolve and stuff. Yeah. And this is what I'm really excited about, you know, is, you know, I'm like working on a, like a, a really cool venture now, not just with the clothing, but, you know, the Pancho Tacos and stuff, you know, that's, that's really starting to flourish now. You know, it's, it's taken, it's taken long enough, but if it's going to be done, it's got to be right. Yeah, and it's not jumping on the bandwagon of Pritch because I'm not even the vegan. Well, and also you clearly love to cook, and like Pritchard, like Date, and like Joycey, you're a brand within yourself as well as in within that Dirty Sanchez format. Dayton is the brand of videography, cinematography, editing. That's yes, his thing. Yeah, they, That's he what he's it, doing. He kills her now. Pritchard has his thing now, the Iron Man kind of you know health conscious thing, and you know you have. The Good Time Pancho brand, which you can obviously use. Taco is the perfect party food. Yeah, definitely. And you know, there's... it would be a shame to not capitalize on that. Excuse no, the term. No, it, yeah, yeah, it's just a case of. Uh... And Joycey obviously is doing the video stuff as well. Yeah, Joyce, his Joyce own is killing him with Joyce the division yeah, unit. Yeah. yeah, that's and that's amazing. But I just feel that um, you know what, like cooking comes from the heart, and there's something. Well, it's about bringing people together, and yeah, exactly. That's what tacos and you know are what? so perfect And, and for you know well. what? They're like deep down, if people really, really know me, they'll know I'm a family man. You know, I love my friends. You know, yeah, I can be wild. We can all be wild. Well, we're sat here right now. This is your friend's house that he's kindly let us use to do this chat. You took me by his shop earlier. He gave me a t-shirt. Never met the guy. Yeah. You can see, and I've noticed this with certainly with. Pritch and Dayton, particularly Dayton, actually, when I've been to see him in Cumbran, is he's like you, I think, a community guy. He's a community guy, he's a family guy. And when you're walking around with him in Cumbran, like I've just seen today with you in Port Talbot, mm. you know everyone, you know, home's where the heart is. Yeah, yeah. And you've got good, honest, old fashioned values. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Beneath the yeah, craziness. Yeah, yeah, like like amongst all the craziness and stuff. I know I know what's important to me in my life. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I do you know what? Like deep down, I would love to be able to just, just, you know, just to celebrate and enjoy, you know, taking this thing to the like the festivals and stuff. You know, don't get me wrong, I still love the odd party. 
Well, the struggle with partying, and I'm right there with you, is towing the line, isn't it? And well, having the right and balance. it's a fine line. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Because you can have that one extra shot that tips you over the edge. You and, know, well, yes, that's true. And obviously, when you're touring, I've I've learned the hard way, and now I know when I'm on tour, I'll only have a couple of beers before the show. Yeah. I'll know if I have a show the next day. I'll try and not get too out of hand. Yeah, the story yeah. I told you earlier, yeah, that yeah. was an exception because I played this, you know, Bataclan venue, and that's quite a significant night. No, but I, I I've learned that it's it's all about just reeling it in isn't it reeling it in and it's something i'm still working on but it's super you've obviously had a lot going on in your life as well over the last couple of years yeah and... yeah i like you know like the death of my like my mum especially well my mum when she went that was really tough um yeah actually yeah let's not get all morbid on this but it happens to us all, but she's an absolute legend, and we're going to drink to her in the sky right now. And she's Susie clearly Locke. raised a very honourable man in you. I don't know. Some might say different. <laughs> I'm sure they would, mate. I'm sure they would. But actions, for me, aren't as important as character and values. Because you can you know, make mistakes and do dumb shit, but it's who you are deep down as a person. Not it exactly. defines who you are. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Does and she's me. clearly a legend, isn't she? Oh, she's a legend. Keep Le- your rocket in your leg- pocket. Yeah, legends never die. <laughs> Susie Locke, keep your rocket in your pocket. Yeah, that was a comeback. <laughs> uh, so, mate, let's talk about this idea, which has recently come to fruition. And for me, the last couple of years for me have been about trying to bring together you four guys. That's been my secret mission. Um, and finally, you're the final piece of the puzzle here now, the fourth OG cast member to appear on the podcast. Um, and I've been chatting to the other three guys over the last couple of days, and we've secured a venue in Cardiff Whoa. on December the 12th. So uh, for everybody listening, we have hired out the tram shed in Cardiff, and we are going to be screening Dirty Sanchez, the movie. And then following on from the film, there's going to be a live Q&A hosted by myself with Pritchard, Dayton, Joycey, and Pancho on stage together, the four of them for the first time in over a decade. Look out! I'm, I, I can't wait. Yeah, it's good. It's gonna be. It's gonna be slightly emotional. I reckon. I hope so. <laughs> you know, I, I hope it's therapeutic for all parties. Yeah, and entertaining for everybody who comes. Yeah. Well, um, I, I just hope everyone buys tickets and comes along because this is the real shit. Well, one of the last times I think you and Pritch were on stage together, you had an on-stage fight, didn't you? Oh. Down in Australia. <laughs> Yeah, quite possibly. Quite possibly. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not even lying. There. I just. I, I. I honestly don't know. Any, I, I, anything I, I could, could happen. Uh, yes, anything could happen. I'm sure there won't be any fisticuffs, though. No, they won't. No, no, there's, there's too much love in the end. I, I mean, think. what what a wild ride, dude! And it's clearly defined, you know, all four of your lives for better and worse. Yes, absolutely. Like, imagine how different all of your stories would have been had that show never gone to MTV. And yeah, it's, it's unfathomable, isn't it, to think about the different courses in which all of your lives it's, have gone. It's absolutely insane to think, you know, where we would have meandered off to. And do you know what? If it wasn't for the love of skateboarding, we, we'd never have drawn us all together. Well, that's in, it. That's in, where in, it all in, began, in, right? It, which is where it all began. And, like... You know, we're all going off and doing our own stuff now, but like that bond will never break. And yeah, yeah, the twelfth of December will be a defining moment. Now, 
Yeah. I can't fucking wait, dude. I can't fucking wait, dude. Yeah. <laughs> what month are we at now? <laughs> oh, we're way off. We're oh, way we're off. a little <laughs> way off. Yeah, uh, Pancho, this has been a pleasure and a delight. I hope it's been all right for you. It's great. I'm just looking. I'm just can't wait to go for a week. <laughs> raise, raise your glass. Cheers, mate. Thank you, man. And um, here's to completing the set. Here's to the tram shed on the twelfth. Tram shed on the twelfth. Sanchez. Cheers, mate. When the moon hits your eye Like a bigger pizza pie That's amore When the world seems to shine Like you've had too much wine That's amore Bells will ring Ting-a-ling-a-ling Ting-a-ling-a-ling And you'll sing Vita Bella Hearts who play tippy tippy tay tippy tippy tay like a guitar and Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.